When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. Hello. We are back in the city after yet again a break. I feel like every single one of our episodes is just us saying we just got back from something. (laughs) And that's how you know we're living our lives to the fullest. Um, And also how you know why we sound so burnt out right now. (laughs) We are looking for serotonin. serotonin. I am in the market. If anyone um, (laughs) just wants to meet me in an alley, kind of hand me some. Would love. Would love some serotonin. Um, Maybe for one of you to just come over and like lie in bed next to me while I cry. Yeah. Mistakes. Ow. I I would love someone to just like lay on top of me. (laughs) Yeah, same. Just kind of like crush me, but in like a nice comforting way. I guess I'll just go to Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We just recorded our Patreon episode. If you want to hear about um, (laughs) our new love interests, (laughs) you can head on over there because we give you the lowdown. But the long and short of it is that Nika and I have recently entered long distance gay relationships. <laughs> um, nobody could have seen it coming except for everyone. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> we all kind of knew <laughs> that it was coming. Um, and so was I when I had sex this weekend. Uh, oh, God. I famously did not have sex this weekend. But you. But I'm OK with it. Yeah. It was a choice this time. Well, you're also, you know, you, you like made a real connection. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you have sex right away or not when it yeah. comes to those. It wasn't just no, like sure. a like, oh, I wish we fucked because I'm never going to see that person again. It's a like, oh, I have plenty of time. So yeah. let's invest. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy for us both. Me too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love entering the woods as two like brokenhearted girlies pining over gay men that don't want us and coming out um, just like fully U-hauling it in lesbian relationships. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the woods is for. It's for growing. It's for learning. <laughs> It's for getting my pussy eight finally. <laughs> um, it's for sucking girl dick. Okay. <laughs> for those of you who haven't sucked girl dick yet, I really recommend it. Way better than the way better than the guy stuff. Don't know why we let those boys anywhere near us. To be honest, um, dick is great. Not all of them are attached to men. The more you know. <laughs> the more you know pussy's also great listen it's all great i just um i'm not actually swearing off men i'm still kind of actively in love with one but i'm that's what solo poly is all about is you know still being able to nurture and foster connections with um people that are investing in you back regardless of some feelings you might have for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And you know what? If if I've learned anything about my short time identifying as solo poly, the majority of it is all about um, the part. <laughs> the majority of solo poly is just about who doesn't love you back more than who does. But finally, someone <laughs> does kind of nothing like um, gazing into someone's eyes under a full moon. Yeah, there's also nothing quite like um, one just being a trans girl and then having the connection that I now have with another trans girl. Pretty sick. But also really nothing like being on Molly while you're establishing that connection and serenading them in a meadow under the light of a full moon singing Colors of the Wind. Um, Really an experience that (laughs) I never thought I would have in that uh, context. And I did. So... I love this for us. Mm. Another thing you can catch on our bonus episode this week um, where we talked about a malignant narcissist that recently entered our lives. We're not going to go too much further into it on here because we're keeping it behind a paywall. But, you know, if you want the low down, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash best mistakes pod. Yes. And we answer another New York Times question this week. It's, would you like to be famous? If so, in what way? Find out our answer to that question. Anyway, um, in the meantime, my voice is a little hoarse. <laughs> and just like a little horse, um, it sometimes needs some ketamine. And that's why it's, it is this way. <laughs> I... I'm just, you know, for accountability purposes, saying on the podcast, I am laying off drugs that are just that are not alcohol for at least two weeks, but hopefully a little bit more um, because I've been really going hard this summer, not just with drugs, but just in general, like partying and Hancho, which we just got back from. It was kind of an out with a bang situation. Yeah. I have not in a very long time done Molly two nights in a row. And I'm so glad I did. I had the best time. Um, but my body is screaming. <laughs> yeah. I've never for done me it to chill. So, I, yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm going to try to take today's the 23rd. I'm going to try to take off a month from yeah. hard drugs. Yeah. I don't smoke weed. But I do drink. And so, you know, normally when people take like a airing outbreak, what they do is like they still smoke weed, but they like yeah. don't even drink. I'm going to still probably drink wine and stuff, um, especially since we're going to P-Town this weekend. And I just love the idea of like a cocktail on the beach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm also not going to. Dr- I'm never I'm not a person who drinks very much anyway. So it's not like I'm like going hard in that sense just more like yeah with meals when i'm out with friends and like on the beach is kind of my plan um but yeah same september i have no real good reason to get fucked up yeah i think i would i could easily i mean i could stay sober for as long as i wanted but same. the goal could really be until atlanta pride yeah if i felt like stretching it out that long same actually that's kind of a good goal because then we, we'll be our tolerance will be low when is atlanta pride Atlanta Pride is the second week of October. Okay. I think yeah, it's like so October that, 8th or something. So that's a month and a half. That's two months of sobriety. Or no, no. A month and a half. Like, yeah. Yeah. A month and two weeks-ish. Okay. Yeah. I could do that. Yeah. Okay. Accountability. 
And you know, it's a podcast about mistakes. So if we fuck <laughs> up, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I love that for us. Yeah. Um, great. Love that. I, uh, but I did have a great time despite I can't, it cannot be overstated how much we did fully drive back today. <laughs> so I'm like, extremely still in it three hours i I don't even know when we fell i know we tried to go to bed at like two yeah but but people were like screaming outside of our tents like truly to like it's honcho so like whatever but like for context if you've never been you have to be off of the land by 11 a.m like no ifs ands or buts yeah um which means like if you want to like get out of there like and get all your shit packed in the morning. You should be up by at least like nine nine thirty. These people were fucking raging until, until like, like five, four, yeah, yeah, four or five in the morning. Yeah, while no and not one else in the designated raging spot. Yeah, it's like go down to like the empty dance floors yeah. and rage. Yeah, they were doing like fully at the campsites while people were like sleeping. And I'm like, I get it, I get it, girlies. It's honcho. Everyone's like everyone's kind of strewn and not necessarily at their most conscientious version of themselves, but like read the room. Well, I mean, that's like the person last night who apparently was having a fucking G. Ugh. okay. (laughs) That can, we can save that for our hot take maybe. Okay. Yeah. One of our hot takes, but yikes. Yikes. Yikes, Everyone. Stop doing G. (laughs) Okay. Should we just do our segments? Yeah, let's do them. Mistakes, keepsakes, and hot takes. Hot take number one. one. Stop doing G. Stop doing drugs that you can overdose on, like, and and are statistically frequently overdosed on when you're hours away from a hospital in the woods. And like, but when, also, period. Stop doing G. And also, just like when other people are like not consenting to being around that energy. So, like, for context, can we just have the same hot take this week? Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, great. So this is <laughs> oh a my com- god, our first joint hot, hot take. take. Um. So for context, me and Anya and our friend Kyle were at Honcho one night, bopping around, dancing, having fun. It was the second night, I second think, Second right? night. The vibes were kind of off. We were both sad about stuff. The vibes in general were the a little bit off. The music was kind of weird. The music was weird. So there was already like a weird energy that night that everyone was feeling. But we were still rallying through it. And as we're walking by the dance floor... To like the bar area, we see through like up a hill and through like mist and through fog. mist and fog in the dark like, night sky, we see red flashing lights ascending slowly down the hill. We're and like, is that a ambulance? And we're like, no, it can't be an ambulance. It, it must, must be, be like, like lighting, lighting for the from, party for the party. But then it keeps moving down the hill, and then. It fully is an ambulance and then it's another ambulance behind it. And then we look over and we see in a ditch on the side of one of the paths, a this like muscle queen absolutely overdosed on G while like six or seven or eight different medics are trying to resuscitate this person who... Apparently, according to like three different people, is alive. And is okay now. And is okay now. Seemed fully dead. Yeah, it did not. It was a very disturbing scene to witness, um, especially 
in the context of like a space that really worked so hard to like be actively part of like harm reduction. Like, you know, there were fentanyl strips available to everybody. Like they had the whole like we we do not condone nor condemn drug use. You know, it was a very like it was a space that cared cared deeply about making sure um, everyone was safe and also that there wasn't like stigma around how you choose to navigate the situation and how you choose to party. Um, and that, that people like events being able to do that becomes less and less possible. The more people are like reckless with that kind of space. Yeah. And like, Listen, Nika and I have talked about drug use many times on this podcast and how we feel about it. And I'm not here to shame anyone or tell people to like abstain from drugs, obviously, because I do them. But in you just like need to there's a time and a place. Um, there are safe ways to do G, um, but it is like a very dangerous drug in comparison to party most party drugs like mm-hmm acid and like molly and obviously bad things can things can go awry with any drug right but for the most part the worst thing that's going to happen with a lot of party drugs is that you just end up having like a really fucking rough night like a really bad trip or something but you're not like you don't need to go to the hospital necessarily and you're not going to necessarily traumatize the people around you by overdosing in front of them Um, and yeah, of course people can't help being addicted to certain drugs. Like I know that there are dangerous drugs that like people have to use because if they don't, there'll be withdrawals and like there's, there's context. I'm not saying just like straight up, you shouldn't do drugs that you can overdose on. Of course that's unrealistic, um, because drugs are in our lives and people do them. But G in the woods, when there's so much like acid and molly and ketamine to be done. Yeah. What are we doing, fellas? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just stop. Just stop. stop. Like every ugh, every time there's an ambulance at a party, it's always a G situation. Every mm-hmm. fucking time. Mm-hmm. And this was an ambulance in the middle of the woods. And it was like terrifying to think like, that this person might not make it to the hospital in time. Yeah, but. I mean, my friend even, like my, well, you know, this person who, like, might be my new lover, <laughs> um, does G, like, pretty often with her friends, and, like, is, like, very committed to doing it in safe and controlled settings, which I appreciate, because we were having a conversation about how I felt about it, and she was even telling me that, like, the... um She has seen so many different scenarios where people have OD'd at, like clubs in like Germany or like cities in the States that she's been in. And it's always been G. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, why are we still using it the way that we use it then? Yeah. Like stop abusing it. Yeah. Who keeps us safe? We keep us safe. Yeah. Just be a little conscious Uh. fellow, fellow partiers and queerdos and, you know, anyone who might come in contact with G let's just like, think carefully about what it is we're trying to accomplish with it. And if this is the context for it, and that's our joint hot take. Yep. Um, who wants to go first for the other segment um, or not segments, other portion of this segment. I'll do it, I guess. 
Um, well, I'm not going to get too into it. Um, you need to go subscribe to our Patreon if you haven't yet. <laughs> um, and you can get the whole download. Um, you can also subscribe to my new Substack, which is called The Download, um, to read about it. Um, but my mistake of the week was definitely, you know, took place at Honcho, was definitely allowing myself to become ensnared by a malignant narcissist. I will leave the info and the details at that. Um, and the mistake extends beyond that. And it wasn't just that I feel as though I allowed myself to be victimized by that person, but also that I allowed it to take precedent over like the real fun that I was having, Mm -hmm. um, which like eventually really got to me by last night, which was the last night where I was like, okay, we have like three hours left to hang out with our friends and I've been having a great time with them and I'm like annoyed by this beautiful fire right now that like all I can think about is how much I want to come into contact with this person before I leave this trip so that I can call them out properly. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, lessons learned. Um, Can't cry over spilt milk. (laughs) That's that. Go listen to the Patreon bonus app. So you can know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and my, um, what is it? My keepsake. <laughs> my keepsake definitely is that honcho for us turned into a Manny, a, a Manny, a mini fairy gathering slash family reunion. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these people that were there, people I haven't seen in two years since the last gathering um, in 2019, Um, and then a lot of them were also people that I, um, have like been sharing space with in the last two years and in the last year in New York, but have not felt as close to that I got to really connect with. Um, so it was just nice. I kept, I kept finding myself feeling really like lucky and happy and taken care of and just like. Again, I really hate the term chosen family. I think it's like corny and overused, but I kept feeling that way this weekend and just kept thinking like, oh, like I would hate to like not be us this weekend. I know. Like no one's having as good of a time as we are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like Hansha was a great time and I'm sure everyone there had a great time, but you're right. Like nobody had as good of a time as like our crew because nobody does it like our crew, crew does it. Yeah, no. And I'm I feel the same way. I'm like so so grateful to like have found community in this like amazing group of people and to feel like so like genuinely adored and accepted by them. Um in a way that like I've been craving my whole life to like find people who just like get me and it really feels like they do. Um and yeah, I feel the same way. That's that is also my keepsake is like what um like I've felt this way repeatedly throughout the summer because we have been spending a lot of quality time with like different combinations of this chosen family Mm -hmm. um and so I feel like there have been many keepsakes on this podcast where I've said essentially the same thing where I'm like so grateful for this time that I've spent with people that I love but like you know what here I am to say it again and I'm like so happy that I've gotten to a place in my life 
where I get to be repeatedly grateful for such a wonderful thing. So yeah, it is my keepsake again is that I spent time with people I love. I connected with new people. I connected with people that I've met before, but hadn't really connected with before um, that are all kind of, you know, tangentially part of this same um, community. Um, and I like met someone really special that I'm like hoping to have an ongoing connection with, um, in a romantic sense. I wouldn't have ever met this person if it weren't for the, like both going to an event like Honcho, but I feel like also occupying the space and navigating through the types of people that I was with also made it possible to like connect with this person in particular, which was really lovely. Yeah feels like a lot of things like kind of culminating into like one event and it was such an emotional weekend like I really did like feel so many like such a array of emotions and um a lot of them really bad and a lot of them really good and it all sort of it did feel like some kind of um I don't know cosmic like end of the summer chapter a little bit mm-hmm. um, and like the like the end of a certain phase and beginning of a new one. And um, I don't feel those shifts all the time. But when I know, I know and I'm sorry, I feel like a distinct shift in my life right now. And that's in large part due to this like community that we're in. Yeah. Um, so that's my keepsake. My mistake this week Um, I, my mistake was definitely, I did not sleep enough last night and the drive back was really, really hard. I was, um, sleepy (laughs) and it's really scary to drive when you're sleepy. Luckily our, our friend who we drove with, um, Alan was able to take over some of the driving. Um, but Yeah, I know it wasn't fully my mistake. It was like because of the environment that we were in. But I also feel like if I had prioritized rest just a little bit more this weekend, it wouldn't have been as catastrophic that I didn't rest enough last night. Yeah. Um, And I think it's also part of why I feel like shit right now. (laughs) That I just, I was not resting as much as I should. Like life is about balance. And if you're going to party that hard, you should rest harder, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm surprised by the amount of sleep I got this weekend. I only, the latest I stayed up was until like 7.30. And that was, I only got four hours of sleep that day. Um, But every other day, I got a pretty good amount of sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I also like didn't have the honcho experience that everyone else seemed to be having, which I was fine with. Um, You know, everybody was like dancing like through the morning. And I was like dancing until like three and then was like, okay. And like now I'm going to like go hang out in someone's tent. (laughs) Yeah. Or like sit by the fire. And yeah, which I'm, I'm great. I don't even really like dancing to that kind of music to be honest. Like it does nothing for me. Yeah. Um, It was fun, but I had no, there were no, I, there were no qualms where I felt like I needed to like be at the club on time. I'm like, I live in New York. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, there'll be <laughs> dance nights. I go out dancing like this pretty often. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, it was, it was really cool to be at an event, at an event that was all about like just 
tearing up a dance floor like all day, every day for yeah. four days straight. Cause I think there's something like really primal and like meditative and beautiful about like just people like losing it on the dance floor. Um, I happen to prefer it to other types of music as well. Like, you know, you and I have talked before that we, we like a lyric, you know, one lyric. <laughs> it can be just a sample of a song even. And there wasn't really a lot of that this yeah. weekend, but in any case, it was still really fun. And I really, it was kind of contagious how much other people loved it, you yeah. know? Um, so I did really have a great time, but I agree with you. There's yeah. a lot of dancing to be had in our fine city of New York. Yeah. So I wasn't also like, had a great time, but yeah, just not didn't do what other people seem to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Which but is fine. We're also not people that have been like counting down for Honcho. We like, totally, got yeah. tickets very last minute and like went because our chosen family was going to be there, you yeah. know? And so of course we prioritized kind of like more the, and that's actually another thing that I really loved about, Spending time with our people is that regardless of how many of them were having that other honcho experience, everyone really prioritized also having like little moments together as like a crew and like yeah. having like some downtime together and having some breaks from the dance floor together and like kind of recentering and being like, OK, where are my people? How are my people? Yeah. Yeah. And that was really beautiful because once again, I could just I. I'm so grateful to have these people in my life. And I hope everyone listening to this finds their fucking people. It may take a while, but damn, it's worth it. Yeah, it is worth it. You kiss a lot of frogs before you find your <laughs> prince. Um, and that is also the case with friend groups, it it's turns true. out. <laughs> that is true. Um, fuck up of the week. Easily OnlyFans banning porn. porn. Yes. Um, cannot stress enough how much of the weekend was consumed by uh, the besties literally sobbing about that while we were trying to have a honcho experience because a few of us make part or all of our living on there. Yeah. Um, um, so I can't even imagine how people are feeling that were not at an event where they could kind of like forget about it and also kind of uh, commune with each other and grieve together and like be angry together. So anyone else feeling the wrath of this puritanical bullshit that keeps happening on every single website. And if you're feeling super fucked and feeling super alone right now, you're not alone and you're not fucked. You know, you are the same person who was resourceful enough and hardworking enough to you know, build the life that you build the life or the or the partial life that you did um, on this platform and you'll do it on the next. And we got each other's backs, but it fucking sucks. It does. Um, and I'm like very angry about it. I just recorded today. As soon as we got back, I was invited onto the How Come podcast with Remy Casimir. Um, they were lovely and kind enough to share their enormous platform with kind of a panel of OnlyFans sex workers to talk about talk about it. And um, I'm like, I'm excited by the amount of allyship that is being shown right now. I think it's like really cool how much this issue is like seeming to actually 
get through to like the civilians. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a bummer how many other things have happened and like before this that were not as talked about or cared about. But I am trying to like see also how really beautiful it is that people are like coming around to see that this is like a human's human rights issue and a, a labor rights issue and a first amendment issue. And, um, yeah, it is cool to see that people give a fuck. Yeah. And I felt that a lot this weekend too. Obviously the people in spaces like Honcho do like, will give a fuck cause it's such a like queer and pro sex work space. But even, even knowing that it was, it's a more progressive space in that sense, it was still like really touching how much people really like made space even in the midst of this like four day rager to like let people literally cry on their shoulders about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I just was having a thought. Would you um, care to share with the class? <laughs> I was just thinking how on Thursday when you and our other friends were processing the only fans news news, I just like didn't want to process it. And I was like, I don't want to get, into this thought spiral yeah because i've already been really stressed out about money yeah um and so i like left y'all and like exited that conversation and went and joined the trio that i yeah, joined ran into the arms of a narcissist ran into the arms of a narcissist fully <laughs> so that i could get away from the only fans spiral <laughs> which in part i'm grateful for because yeah. i just really could not hold space for that yeah but at the same time i'm like maybe if i had just held space for that that yeah, wouldn't have happened maybe but you know <laughs> oh god the universe gave you Shit a lesson happens. that haunted ass land gave you a lesson <laughs> um yeah i mean that's a kind of another one of my keepsakes is that i was i got that horrible news with people who get it yeah and i like really deepened uh friendship over our like just like dealing with that together yeah um yeah yeah and I know yeah I know they were already like one of your best friends so it was cool to like have kind of a little moment like the first like the first 24 hours basically of Honcho we were like connected at the hip other than like going to sleep like the second I woke up I like went straight to their camp and like I just knew that they were gonna wake up feeling like shit and I wanted to like be there and I got to their their campsite and they were like, ugh, you know, like I said yesterday when we were like feeling our feelings that I wasn't going to like feel it out today. But like I feel like I feel like even worse this morning. And then just by like sitting together for like 10 minutes at the beginning of the day, we both felt like so much better because we like had each other. And I was like, I don't know, just very grateful to it's nice to have community. It's nice to have people who get it. Yeah, Um, it is. Yeah. So anyway, that's that. I um, I'm very grateful. Even the bad experiences or like the lows this weekend, I'm ultimately grateful for. I'm not gonna go as far as to say I'm grateful to OnlyFans for what they've done, but if it weren't for that, um, I wouldn't really have like had that camaraderie in that way. That camaraderie. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, and um, we all saw it coming. Yeah, I mean, it was very evident that it was coming. I just none of us thought it was going to be this soon. Yeah, as most as most coming is (laughs) (laughs) comes faster than you want it to. Um, But yeah, anyway, I am 
excited. I'm like mostly excited to see how the reaction to this plays out. You know, there's like more allies than ever. There's more people, movers and shakers than ever. There's more people like trying to create new platforms. Like what what that OnlyFans moment did for us culturally was just show like what a revolution we actually can have in um, like adult content and pornography and in like autonomy in sex work. And um, you're not going to take that away from us too easily. No, nope. I think. Um, and also like hot people are still going to be hot and get paid for being hot, no matter if you like it or not. Kamala Harris. And David Cicilline. <laughs> and all of the other fuckers. Even Bernie Sanders signed Sesta Fosta. No one is safe, y'all. No one is safe. Um, but on that note, let's do a listener mistake. Listener mistakes. Um, we are getting so many listener mistakes. Y'all are writing in at a like faster pace than I can keep up with and I love to see it like so much but if you wrote in in the last few weeks and you still haven't heard your mistake it's because I'm still catching up and um yeah keep them coming I love reading them um okay so Hi, Nika and Anya. Love your podcast. I've started to sometimes do mistakes, keepsakes and hot takes with my girlfriend to check in with each other, which is fun. I love hearing that. So many people tell us that they do mistakes, keepsakes and hot takes. And I it's adorable. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Maybe I'll write in with a more juicy fucked up mistake later. But inspired by another listener's car mistake, I'll tell about my two crashes in four months. Ugh. Same bestie as we know about my car car accident mistake. Um, okay. First, crashed on the five lane free freeway. I rear-ended a beamer with the with the new Nissan Versa my dad paid for. Concussions for the passenger and I both totaled car. Dad, who was pissed, forgave me and said, Okay, I'll give you one more chance. Let's split the cost of another Nissan. My God. <laughs> Shout out to your dad. Can he be my sugar daddy? <laughs> um, he did all the research and we went we went to get it together. Then I totaled that one a few months later with a blind left turn getting T-boned. Yikes. Got kicked off parents' car insurance. To top it off, around this time with the concussion and all, I was fired from two short-lived jobs and also performed a full-length dance show concussed after the first crash. Anyway, I'm a better driver now and can hold a job. I was never seriously injured and didn't injure anyone else. Twas a rough year. Sorry to everyone involved, LOL. Um, thanks, Anon. Um, thank you, anonymous writer. And cannot tell you how much I get it, even though I didn't... Ha- it, mine wasn't, I don't think, as monetarily as devastating because I totaled a Ford Focus. And then took the mirror off of my dad's Prius. Um, Not quite totaling two Nissans. So in that way, I don't get it. And I am so sorry. But you are in good company. (laughs) (laughs) We've both had car crash problems. Yeah. And we're both better drivers now, as you are. Um, We're living. We're learning. We're laughing. We're loving. And we're not crashing cars. And we're not crashing cars. 
for <laughs> most importantly. Um, but yeah, thank you for trusting us with that. Thank you for um, commiserating. It's always good to hear. You know, this is actually the fact that like another person fucked up like this um, is something that I would have loved to hear back when I did basically this exact thing. Yeah. And like, this is what this podcast is all about is like hearing other people's fuck ups and being like, Oh, thank God I'm not the only one. So yeah, thanks for adding to the spirit of this podcast and the reason we do it. Do you want to take us on a deep dive? Yeah. Deep dive. Deep dive. Yeah. My deep dive is um, actually kind of short, but it's a fucked up one. So um, get ready. Um, so when I was studying abroad in Brazil, uh, in 2016, uh, or 2015, I was having a lot of hot, um, sex, gay sex, and most of it was protected sex because surprisingly, or I guess not surprisingly because it's Brazil, but just surprisingly in general, because it was the first time, um, I was always asked to use a condom either like for them to use one on me or for me to put one on my dick, which just doesn't really ever happen in my experience here in the States. Um, so I was having protected sex for the most part, but there was one night where I went to a gay strip club and I fooled around in a dark room and sucked like, I don't know, eight or nine different dicks which was so hot and fun um but then cut to me coming home to the states to new york and i just transitioned and i go on hormones and they take my blood work they ask if i want to get tested for stis and i'm like well yeah why not sure um so they test me for stis and in between getting tested for STIs and getting the results back. And I'm thinking they're going to come back negative. Yeah. I have never had an STI uh, at this point in my life. And I had been a huge slut. Um, So in between getting the test and waiting for the results to come back, I um, go hang out with this very beautiful trans girl. Um, Someone who I really only wanted to be friends with. I thought that she was, like, really gorgeous. Like, looked up to her and where she was at in her transition. Really loved her friends. So I was just looking for, like, a bit of, like, a girlfriend, platonic girlfriend slash mentor. So I hang out with her and we get wine drunk. um, Like, very wine drunk. And we're... She's, like, giving me, like, clothes and makeup or sitting in her bed. One thing leads to another, and I am fucking her. Um, And as I'm fucking her, I'm so drunk that I fall asleep while I'm inside of her. And so she, like, wakes me up and is, like, isn't upset and, like, wants me to stay over and continue fucking And I'm embarrassed and I'm feeling weird about the sex anyway because I didn't want to be having sex with her. She was attractive, like she was gorgeous, but it's not what I was looking for. And I like was confused by kind of like the blurred consent lines that had happened. 
And so I just got very embarrassed and I hopped in an Uber and I went home back to my apartment. And a few days later, I get uh, my results back that I have gonorrhea. And I had never had an STI. And I didn't really know how to navigate texting her after like fleeing her house after falling asleep fucking her which was really embarrassing and then also telling her that I gave her possibly passed on to her an STI so in my very immature mind my embarrassment and ego took precedent and I never told her oh my god and so I never talked to her again um and that's it. That's that's the mistake. Yeah. So I possibly gave her gonorrhea. Um, I hope that I didn't. Yeah. I never heard from her. Yeah. She never reached out and said that I should go get tested for gonorrhea. Because she had gotten it, you know? So yeah. it's like. Maybe she didn't even get it from you. Yeah. And we assume she did get tested at some point. Yeah, I mean, I would hope. I would hope. I mean, that's the thing. It's very important to tell your partners if you test positive for something. But, like, also, if you are having sex with random people, you should be also getting tested yourself. So, hopefully, she would find out either way. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, you know, ethically, not great. <laughs> <laughs> Can't disagree with you there. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks. Do you like remember her name or anything? Oh, not yeah. not to I'm not asking you to say it. Yeah, obviously. we like have we have mutual friends. I think she might still live in New York. Um actually you know what? I'm gonna look on my phone right now. Okay. Really <laughs> um Okay. Well much like your mistake of um you know, something never happening to you before. So you not really taking the risk of it happening too seriously and also not really doing your due diligence to avoid it happening. Um, This is like the multiple accusations against Ariana Grande for stealing pretty much the entirety of her song Seven Rings. Best mistake. It's not really a mistake because it's not provable in the same way, except for with one specific instance of like one specific song. But it's the one song that she genuinely sampled. Um, But I'll get into that later. Um, It's more just about like multiple people have accused her of stealing their songs in that song. And each of them, a different part of the song is the part that they're accusing her of. So it's like kind of plausible that the song was just kind of pieced together from a bunch of other people's songs. But nobody has really like won a case about it in in court. It's all been kind of the court of public opinion. So the mistake part of it is a little bit of a gray area because it's like really only a certified mistake if it's like proven, you know, that that's what happened. Mm-hmm. It's more con- it's more of a controversy than a mistake. But um I find it fascinating because it's like one song and there's just so much around it. Um, So 
Um, Seven Rings is a song by Ariana Grande from her album Thank You Next. It was released on January 18th, 2019. Um, it was, uh, the, it has 10 songwriters, um, Ariana Grande, Victoria Monet, Taylor Parks, Tommy Brown, Charles Anderson, Michael Foster. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this person's name. I think Njamza Vaitia or Vit, Vit, Vitia is also maybe a way of pronouncing it. Um, Kimberly Krysik, um, or Krysik, Richard Rogers and Oscar Hammerstein are also credited as songwriters. <laughs> um, Famously, the writers of The Sound of Music, um, the music of The Sound of Music, um, and they are credited writers on this song because it is like the one actually like sampled song on on um, Seven Rings. Um, It's produced by Tommy Brown, Charles Anderson and Michael Foster. Um, It was recorded at Jungle City in New York City and the Record Planet in Hollywood. Like those are the studios. Um, And it's officially like the genre that it falls into is trap pop hip-hop and r&b record label is the republic so those are like the facts about the song um the the song um what it debuted at number one on the u.s billboard hot 100 which is ariana grande's second number one single and the second number one debut single for her um, it spent eight, uh, eight weeks total atop the chart. Um, and, uh, it was, um, 30, it was on the chart for 33 weeks overall. So it's like a, it's like, I mean, everyone's heard this song. It's yeah. like a huge, huge song. It's kind of a bop to be honest. One of my favorite Ariana Grande songs, but it's always been kind of like, it's always kind of left a weird taste in my mouth because it's, um, the song is like a play on the my favorite things from um, the sound of music, which is about like the simple pleasures in life. And this song, like Ariana Grande's take on it is all about like the luxury that she's like basically like rubbing in everyone's faces yeah, that weird she's like, capitalist anthem. yeah, it is a weird capitalist anthem, but it's a catchy one, you yeah. know, nonetheless. Other than my favorite things from The Sound of Music, the other song that is actually like referenced within the song um, is Gimme the Loot by the Notorious B.I.G. Um, in uh, in the song, Grande uh, raps, shoot, go, go from the store to the booth, make it all back in one loop, Gimme the Loot. Um, so there's technically two songs she's paying homage to within the song already. Um, so it's like kind of also ironic that in a song that has like references to multiple songs, she's being accused of stealing a bunch of other songs. Mm-hmm. Or the first like hiccup is actually within one of the kosher references, which is um, my favorite things because uh it was sort of, I guess, thought among the label that this song was in the common domain. And so they wrote this song 
without realizing that they needed to get permission to use it, to use that sample. And it wasn't until they were like ready to release the album and the song that they found out that they can't release it without first making a deal with like the estate of Rogers and um, Hammerstein. Um, So in like a kind of an act of desperation, they reached out um, to the um, the people that are like in charge of the Rogers and Hammerstein songs, which is um, a company called Concord um, and has owned that those songwriters back catalog since 2017. Um, they reached out just a few weeks before the single was released in January. And apparently Concord um, right up front requested 90% of song songwriting royalties and Grande's team accepted without further negotiation because wow. they like didn't have time to negotiate, <laughs> which wow. is in itself a mistake. You know, that's yeah. there are eight other people that wrote this song that are now splitting 10 percent of the songwriting. Um, oh my God. Yeah, the, the the songwriting royalties. Um, so all of the songwriters on one of the biggest songs in Ariana Grande's entire catalog of music are seeing almost like you know comparatively like almost no money for that work um and it's all for like a kind of throwaway reference not to say that it's not a great part of the song but like could have easily been a great song without having a sound of music moment in it you know Um, but they had like already written it and already it was like the album was ready to go so they just had to like they were just like relieved they were given permission at all and they accepted. So the next thing to happen um, was that some media commentators, um, the day the song came out, um, brought it to Soulja Boy's attention that it sounded like his song, Pretty Boy Swag, which was Soulja Boy's like recent like comeback to music. Um, and he... Quote tweeted Ariana Grande, who the day the song was released, she tweeted, I wouldn't have made the celebratory bop or feel okay these days without my brilliant, gentle and funny friends who get me drunk, write songs with me and help me heal. I am tremendously grateful for you. Please support them and their art. And then she tagged her fellow songwriters Um, and Soldier Boy quote tweeted that saying, give me credit, period. Uh Um, And then. Um, he quote tweeted her next tweet on the same thread about the, her friends who helped her write the song. Her next tweet on the thread is give your attention here. These women are impeccable and they are who you should be talking about, which is so funny because what she means is that, that they're who she, who people should be talking about in terms of the like accolades about the song. Yeah. But in the context of these tweets, it kind of seems like she's like, I don't know. Blame them. Because <laughs> then Soldier Boy quotes, quote tweets that tweet and says, LOL, stop stealing my swag word. And then tweeted again saying she's a thief. Um, but later, like about a month later in February of 2019, um, Billboard um, interviewed Soldier Boy at some red carpet event. And they brought up the fact that he accused Ariana Grande of stealing part of his song. Um and if you listen to his song, you will hear the similarity. Like there's a very mm-hmm. clear like um, chunk of the song that is like very similar to a chunk of Ariana Grande's song. Um, so Billboard asked him about it 
And he basically said that he just wished that she had reached out or maybe they could have collabed on it. Maybe there could be a remix where he like is rapping on it. Um, and he's still a huge fan of her and would collaborate with her in the future. But it was just like a disappointing thing. Mm-hmm. And he still does believe that like, if not her, like somebody kind of ripped off his song. Um, the very same day, Princess Nokia posted a video on Instagram of Seven Rings and um, followed by a clip of her saying the, the following quote. Oh, did that sound familiar to me? Because that sounds really familiar to me. And then she sings her song, Mine. Oh, yeah. I remember this. Yeah. Princess Nokia was reaching really a hard. A little bit. A little like, bit. Yeah. Girly. Um, but who knows? It is a little bit, it's a little bit similar, but we're about to get into that. Um, she, she goes, Oh my God, ain't that the little song I made about brown women and their hair? Hmm. Sounds about white. Um, and for context, mine is a song about the stigma that surrounds people of color and their hair and people asking inappropriate questions about like, is that your real hair? And so the song is about how like, yeah, it's my hair. I bought it. And Ariana Grande has you like my hair. G thanks just bought it and is like a white woman. And it is true that both the lyrics and the cadence of those lyrics are very, very similar. Um, It is kind of a reach to assume. I also agree that it doesn't quite sound like it was fully ripped off from that song. Um, Which uh, brings us into the controversy around Princess Nokia's accusation because then people, this brought a lot of attention to this song that a lot of people had not yet heard. And in listening to that song, people were like, hmm, Princess Nokia, this song actually sounds a lot like 2 Chainz's 2011 song, Spend It. Mm -hmm. Um, So then Princess Nokia got a little bit uh, caught in the snare of that maybe the song that she just accused Ariana Grande of stealing was actually also kind of stolen from two chains. Um, so, and many people went as far as to say that mine is a direct ripoff of spend it. <laughs> and it's true that they have a very, very similar sound and very similar lyrics. However, critics of both accusations have said that like, if you're familiar with hip hop and trap music, it's actually like a, really common both thematically and um like rhythm wise a common like trend in songs and not really anybody's to talk about like bragging about spending and owning things and also like that that rhythm and cadence is like a commonly used feature of the genre and like part of a genre is that they sound like Genres sound similar to each other yeah. and have like shared elements, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the genre itself rather, not like it, other genres, but you know what I mean. Okay. Um, and uh, 2 chains also uh, like in, in and amongst all of these um, back and forth accusations, um, once 2 chains was involved, he... Uh, pointed out that while he doesn't really think or he didn't he didn't comment on the spend it thing so who knows what he thinks about that but he pointed out that the seven rings music video um was very similar to his music video for his song door swangin but he was like well while we're on the subject i do think you stole my video 
Um, and it sort of just turned into like everybody wants a piece of this song and video, it felt like. But Grande later appeared on the track Rule the World um, in uh, 2019, like later in 2019. Um, so it appears that they may have squashed that because, you know, they collaborated afterwards. Um, the final and most like severe accusation comes from a relatively unknown artist who goes by Dot and his legal name is Josh Stone. And when I was looking into him to research for this, I I found that he has now changed all of his like YouTube video names to Dot, a.k.a. Josh Stone. And I think it's because the most uh, the most publicity he's ever gotten in his life was about this accusation. Mm-hmm. And he's referred to as Josh Stone in all of these articles. So he's, I think, just trying to get some clout oh. off of it, which is very funny <laughs> to me. Um, but the song is called You Need It, I Got It. And um, it is, in my opinion, the most similar sounding song and has the most compelling story behind it as to why he thinks it was stolen from him. And he is also the only one to take it to the court of law. So the deal with um, you need it, I got it. Um, Josh Stone, known professionally as Dot, alleged um, in official court action that Ariana Grande had infringed on his 2017 track, um, citing musicologists' opinions He stated um, literally every single one of the 39 respective notes of seven rings is identical with the 39 notes of I got it from a metrical placement perspective said in another way, the rhythm and placement of the notes and lyrics are identical. Stone claimed that he'd taken multiple meetings in June of 2017 with the Universal Music Group executives, including Seven Rings co-writer Thomas Brown, who has worked with Grande on each of the six studio albums she's released to date. During the discussions with Thomas Brown, um, Josh Stone played tracks such as You Need It, I Got It, and Brown proceeded to contact Stone specifically referencing You Need It, I Got It as his favorite of his tracks and expressing interest in exploring opportunities to work together. Um, But per Brown's complaint, he never heard from him again and uh, is accusing um, Thomas Brown of simply taking... um, the you need it i got it track and incorporating it into um ariana grande's music and like repackaging the that song into seven rings um in march of 2021 filing revealed that the involved parties had settled the case the specifics of the settlement weren't publicly disclosed but it is speculated that Stone is also receiving a portion of Seven Rings royalties moving forward. Um, It's also possible he's receiving no compensation at all, but if it was settled, it's very likely that he is also now taking a piece of the pie that is already 90% gone. Yeah. Um, So effectively, it is possible that Ariana Grande is not personally making any money from Seven Rings because um, there are... Seven writer. It's very funny that ultimately um, there are seven writers <laughs> that require royalties. So hopefully Ariana Grande is giving them those seven rings because <laughs> um, 
it's kind of due to like a lack of due diligence that this song's royalties are like basically not at all yeah. for them. Um, and the last controversy around the song um, is uh, she got a tattoo dedicated to this song that's supposed to say seven rings in Japanese. Um, the, the like symbols, the Japanese um, like words are supposed to literally translate to seven and ring. Um, but instead it translates to what is like commonly referred to like a specific type of small barbecue grill. Oh my God. So she like got a tattoo on her hand that just says like barbecue grill. Oh my God. Um, and there was a later attempt to fix the tattoo. Um, and it only drew further criticism. I'm not sure if she actually like fixed the tattoo or if it made it like just made it less wrong. But it definitely, from what I understand, it like isn't how anyone would write the word seven rings <laughs> either way. So even if she like fixed it to not say small barbecue anymore, it like very much doesn't say what she meant it to say. And it's tattooed on her fucking hand. Listen, she's dumb. Uh, <laughs> so that but she is extremely talented. Those are the controversies and mistakes that surround seven rings. I still think it's a bop. I am not confirming nor denying the allegations against it. I'm not. While I kind of agree that the soldier boy and the princess Nokia accusations are much more of a reach than Josh Stone's accusations or the like fuck up regarding the favorite things like um, like legal issues. Um, it does. They do sound similar. I, I encourage the besties to take a listen to each song mentioned and um, let me know what you think. Because I listened to all of them while researching this. And um, I do see where everyone could possibly be coming from. Yeah. Um, and 2 Chainz song, too. I don't think not like 2 Chainz never personally accused her of stealing the Spend It um, like little chorus or whatever. But um, it like, you know, other people kind of did. And it's an interesting, interesting thing to uh ponder yeah i think it's um but it does say a lot that they settled with josh stone i do think a settlement is a little bit of an admission sometimes but it also sometimes just means like it's not worth your time to even like deal with it mm -hmm. but i do think that is the song that definitely like i agree it like sounds so similar to the entirety of the song and it is a little bit fishy that he literally had a meeting with one of her songwriters two years before, which is usually right around the time that like two ish years is about how long it takes to like write an album in yeah. entirety. So, you know, suspicious. I'll listen. Yeah. You know what I think? Yeah. So anyway, um, that's that shout out to our friend JP, who is the one who brought, <laughs> these controversies to my attention. Oh, yeah, JP would be the one who would know about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, it was very interesting to read more about it. Yeah. And I, I still love Ariana Grande. I still love that filthy capitalist Italian X song icon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Italian X. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> 
Someone Moral of the story. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, somebody literally, uh, when we were by the fire last night, I was singing a Disney song and our friend Foster started talking about who he thinks should play Megara in the live action Hercules. And he said Kim Petras and I got very passionate about it and said, you know, it should be Ariana Grande. <laughs> and I just, someone across the fire said to their friend something about her being Italian ex. And I was like, that's really funny. Yeah. And I love that. That just happened. Anyway, moral <laughs> of the story. Moral of the story. Moral of the story. Um, I mean, it. the moral really depends on if, um, like, there's different morals for each portion of the story Well, the story for the rogers and hammerstein debacle is like do your research before committing to a like enormous like financial uh like whatever it may be and like in this case case it's a song but it could be any kind of project you know yeah. like um they waited too long to check if they could use that sample and that was easily avoidable so, like, moral of the story is when you have, like, all the res- resources in the world, use them. Um, and moral of the story with the other stuff really depends on if you believe it or not, you know? Yeah. I think also moral of the story is make art that is so distinct that yeah. it can't be copied. Yeah. We all borrow shit from each other as artists. But if your art really stands out, you it can't be copied. Right. Because only you can pull it off. Yeah. Or, like, it's and it's your like it is indisputably yours. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, Princess Nokia and Soldier Boy. <laughs> Sorry. Neither of them are extremely talented people, in my opinion. They're not like prolific artists, so. I disagree. I think like I think Soldier Boy really was a cultural reset. Um he was like one of the first musicians to really go viral, like in that kind of way. And I don't think it was for no reason. I think that's the song that he went viral for is definitely like misogynistic and disgusting, but it like is a song of our generation. It's a good song. I just don't yeah. think he's like, I wouldn't consider him like an artist. Why not? Because I just don't think that his music is that good. I think that he pumped out a good song that an entire team wrote. I also don't think that Ariana Grande is like an amazing artist, to be honest. I think that she has a gorgeous voice. Yeah. But I don't consider her to be someone who. It's like an icon. Interesting. I, yeah, I disagree on both counts, but you know, we're we're allowed to disagree on this podcast. We are. We are going to um, have a screaming fight about it as <laughs> soon as we turn the microphones off. But, you know, we don't have to. That'll be on the, the third tier of the Patreon. Okay. Yeah. You have to pay to hear us scream at each other. Sorry, guys. It's how <laughs> I feel. I love Ariana Grande so much. I just don't think that she is like, she's not a legend. The way that I think like Madonna other, is or like, like Madonna or Beyonce or right. I mean, even like contemporary. Well, Beyonce is a contemporary, but like who are some other girlies that are really killing it? Dua Lipa. No, Dua Lipa is, I think, on the same level as Ariana Grande. No, I know. Um, oh, I yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She falls into like a Dua Lipa, Charlie XCI, all those girls. They XCX? All, XCS, whatever it is. They all have huge teams around them. Yeah. That. 
Like, yeah. Well, so does Beyonce and totally, so does Madonna. Totally, but Beyonce and Madonna, like, everything that they do, like, comes, it's, like, from them down to the team. Like, right. Beyonce, like, everybody that works for Beyonce that I've ever, like, read an interview with or watched right. has, have all said the same thing, that, like, she is on, like, every single thing that she does. Well, Ariana Grande is, too. I don't think to the same extent. Okay. I, I feel like that is, like... Um, I don't know, like documentedly disputed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't agree. Right. I guess I what I'm trying to say is I don't think it's like a matter of agreeing or disagreeing. Like it's the same thing. Like there's plenty of interviews that. I mean, I've like wa- I've, I've watched. All, I'm just I've seen both of their processes in different documentaries, right. etc. I think Beyonce has a way different one than someone like Ariana Grande. Yeah. No, I mean I agree that they're very different artists. I just yeah. I I don't I'm not necessarily dying on the hill that Ariana Grande is a legend. I'm also not really dying on the hill that Beyonce is a legend. And, you know, haters will definitely (laughs) hate that. But, um, you know, is going to come after you for that. Listen, beehive. Go ahead and behave real quick, because I'm not saying she's not amazing. I'm just I think it's that, too late. They're already. Coming. I think I legends. Yeah. They're, 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 do you hear like thunder? It's just their feet hitting the pavement to come beat my ass. I'm not saying she's not amazing. I sort of think legends are in the eye of the beholder a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of more my stance on it. Um there's obviously people that are legendary in the way that they like leave their mark in history. But even that fades ultimately, like there's so many like legends and icons from like early Hollywood that like a lot of people don't know their names. Yeah. And they're like, you know, they're still technically legendary. Yeah. So ultimately, I sort of just feel like it's not an as much of an objective thing, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. But I agree that their processes are different. I also love Ariana Grande, so I'm not like... And personally, would prefer to hang out with Ariana Grande than Beyonce. Oof, I don't know. I feel like Beyonce would not be a fun hang. See, I feel like Beyonce behind the scenes would be a fun hang. I wonder... I sometimes feel like they would both be the opposites of how they come off. Yeah. But maybe I'm wrong. I sort of think um I don't know Beyonce has a vibe to me that she is like the boss ass bitch she is for a reason and it's like because she is like very like serious and doesn't know how to like chill yeah you know what I mean? No, totally. I mean, yeah. It's big Lurgo, LOL, big Virgo, Virgo energy. Um, and like, it's what's funny actually is that the thing that proved that to me, because I've always sort of just had a hunch that Beyonce is just like not a fun hang. I'm not saying Virgos are not fun hangs. I'm just saying they are the most, I think, the first in line out of all the signs to be the most susceptible to not being a fun hang. Yeah. Um, and it's because they are like very good at, zoning in and like being prolific at something and that is often at the expense of being a fun hang sorry but the the thing that sealed the deal for me was her 7-eleven video where it was like kind of i don't know it was like her trying to come off as fun in a way that felt very inauthentic and contrived to me and like was very much like look at me hanging out with my friends who are like clearly just a group of backup dancers yeah 
<laughs> like people who are paid to hang out with me was the vibe of that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I love Beyonce. I'm just saying I would, I think, rather hang out with Ariana Grande. Yeah. Like maybe Ariana Grande has a whole team around her because it takes a village to like, like Beyonce is like really doing a lot of shit on her own and and like has all this control because she like needs that control for like her to be satisfied in her work. Yeah. And maybe Ariana Grande like appreciates the trade off of like she has enough control and enough say in her work that she can let go of the reins a little bit to like also chill and have a life. Totally. I'm also I'm not saying she's not talented. I'm just back to pivot back to the idea <laughs> of art being like. Uh, unstealable if it's like indisputably yours. Yeah. I don't feel that way about her. About Beyonce? No, about Ariana. Oh, oh, oh. I, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I kind of feel that way about Beyonce too, though. Oh, yeah, see, I disagree with that. Not all of her music, but I think a lot of her music is like songs that have been literally like, you know, workshopped and pitched to other people and stuff. The way all pop stars have that yeah i just i think beyonce has done more to change the game in music than ariana grande has yeah for sure yeah yeah i don't know i mean the fact that so much of lemonade is literally just other people's spoken word poetry is kind of where i like fall on like that's that's that on that for me you know yeah like it's not stolen she paid them for it but it is like not hers you know yeah and it's kind of presented as if it is hers when it's like very much confirmed, not her poetry. Yeah. So that's like, you know, anyway, we're not here to talk about Beyonce. I love Beyonce. I'm just also. Um, yeah, like I said, legends are in the eye of the beholder. And to me, the only living legend among us is Britney Spears <laughs> and Trisha Paytas. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of unstealable, like Trisha Paytas is the only person who can do what they do, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is some unique, unstealable work. Nobody can cry on the floor of a kitchen the way Trisha Paytas cries on the floor of a kitchen. And (laughs) period. (laughs) Period. So write in and tell us who you think uh, the indisputable icon of our time is. Yeah. And write in and tell us your mistakes at bestmistakespod at gmail.com. Subscribe to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash bestmistakespod. Link is in my bio. Yeah. Link is in both of our bios. It's in the description of this episode. And um, kiss your friends on the mouth. On the mouth. Test, Test your, your holes. Test your drugs. <laughs> and um, yeah, we love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.